This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Everyone's here is super smiling. This message of unconditional love. begin now. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Blake, dog trainer and the pet lifestyle coach. You are on a super smiley adventure. Our show here is named after my dog, Super Smiley. Smiley created and inspired the world's first kindness program, teaching kids kindness through pets, the Super Smiley Project. We traveled the country speaking to thousands of kids about the lessons we can learn from our pets because I know animals are healers and teachers. And to bring it to the whole world, we created the Super Smiley Flash Mob for pet adoption and kindness. Now, as for me, I'm the pet lifestyle coach and I work as more than just a dog trainer. I work in four areas, training, travel and adventure, exercise and health, and dog wisdom. What can we learn from our pets? How can dogs inspire us? And today, our guest is perfect for this adventure, and I'm so excited for you to meet her. She is a CNN Hero of the Year Award nominee. She and her rescued dog, Emma Zen, were just featured in People Magazine. She was named one of the top five women in the pet industry in the field of advocate. And Emma Zen's and her work has appeared on the Today Show. Everybody, I want you to meet my and Super Smiley's longtime friend, Deborah Jo Chiapuzio. Hi, Deborah Jo. Sounds so good in verbiage. <laughs> Deborah Jo, I have to say, you and I have known each other a long time, but I really did not. I knew of your deep love and your deep passion, commitment, and what you were doing in the world, but I had no idea of the powerful accolades. I just want to congratulate you. That is. Ugh. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, what's really funny until recently when I started doing a little bit more radio than anything, because you get to hear. Yeah, you're listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just hits you a little bit differently. I didn't really realize the scope of what I had accomplished. Yes. When you put your head down and you just go to work and you do the right thing and somebody pulls you by the ponytail one day and you look up and you're like, wow. You're like, what? What? <laughs> and I want to go back to my listeners because Deborah Joe. I just shared the highlights, exactly what you were talking about, of your recognition around pets, but I didn't say what it was for. And now I think, I have to tell everybody, I think the California fire chief, William Metcalf of Fallbrook, California said it best. So I want to read part of his letter about you because this is to show firsthand from a fire chief, the impact that your work has made. So here are the words of fire chief Metcalf, everybody. Here he is. I've had the opportunity to work with the MSN Foundation. This is a nonprofit charitable organization whose mission it is to provide pet oxygen masks for the first responder agencies and promote pet first aid training. For those of us with pets, they are members of our family and an important part of our lives. They are subject to many of the same dangers and emergencies as we are, whether in house fires, traffic collisions, or other injuries. As first responders, our hearts go out to these pets when we see them ill or injured, and we would love to be better prepared and equipped to help them. So, Deborah Jo, 
You oh. are actually helping these first responders be better equipped. I know. <laughs> oh, you can't hear tears, but they're rolling. I know, me too. <laughs> I'm literally tearing up, everybody. And I see Deborah Joe on Zoom here. Oh, this is crazy. So, Deborah, now you are on. Tell us about this mission. Tell us. Well, first of all, I remember uh, when we met, we were at a very small event and nobody wanted to mob dance. And I'm like, people, get up. This is important. We need to, you know, like be one with our dogs and be silly. And it was a, it was just a match made in heaven. And I love that both Super Smiley and Amazon are actually named after our pets. So yes. the Amazon Foundation is named after that great love I have for my own pet, like so many of us do. And that's actually what got me to, to start looking into the pet oxygen mask. It wasn't for you and your public and, and the people that are listening. It was for myself. I uh, do pet first aid and CPR. I teach a lot on emergency preparedness for pets. And I was just trying to do more and more for my own pet, you know, adding different layers, never trying to get to the end. You know, like, here's where I want to be in pet safety. Your capabilities change. Your pet's capabilities change. And I just kind of wanted to add layers. And that was the layer I was adding. And it's funny because nobody realizes that Emma Zen, super smiley, is a smile dog. Emma Zen is a biker dog. <laughs> you know, she has over 70,000 miles in my sidecar. So I did not realize that on one hand, I had this huge biker dog following and we were getting out there and saying, I want my pet to be safe. I've never thought about if my home's on fire, what does your pet do? They usually run to their comfort zone, which is somewhere inside the house. Mm -hmm. So I started educating animal people how to get their animals trained for instead of a command like sit and stay, but a command that would get your dog out the door. Or to learn where your pet's comfort zone was. So if the firefighters came, you could say the cat is in the kitchen under the dining room table. Right. And really, it started that simple. I wanted more for Emma Zen. And when I would share this on social media, so many of our friends were like, wow, I love Super Smiley. I want Super Smiley to be safe. Does my department have that? (laughs) And it literally started from there. And uh, it's amazing what one person can do, right? Look at you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Deborah Joe. Just one little inspiration, one little creative thought. And if you go with the creative, which you and I both are definitely creative people, it's amazing what can unfold. And uh, we both lived in Los Angeles at the time and fires, fires in LA. I remember I evacuated many, many times walking down the mountain in Malibu with two dogs, two cats and leading two horses to the beach. So, um, Talk about your actual oxygen masks. Um, Why do dogs need masks? What was your inspiration to do that? Okay, so consider the shape of of your face. If you were to take your hand and put your palm towards your face, there's very little contour. And so for many years when uh, we had dogs and cats that were rescued, what fire departments did was they took this mask and they just laid it in front of the dog's nose and you turn the air up all the way and the air would just kind of go by. And so it was actually considered blow-by air. And a lot of fire departments considered it as that. These masks are shaped like a cone and there's multiple sizes over them. So they go over the little snout, they close the jowls and the air doesn't have anywhere to go, but up the nostrils, which Ah. unlike humans, which is close the nostril and breathe through the mouth, it's exactly opposite in the pet. And so they really simulate proper pet CPR, which makes them super, super effective. And 
now that we've been around for 10 years, we're noticing a lot less secondary issues. You know, when you clear all of that smoke and heat out of the lungs quicker, we have a lot of pets that uh, seem to be recovering within, you know, a minute or two, where with blow by air, they may be suffering those internal damages for 10, 15 minutes. Yes. And Deborah Jo, say your website right now, because I'm going to refer to it. What is your website? Emma Zen? It is the Emma Zen Foundation, but it's E-M-M-A-Z is in zebra, do the Zen thing, E-N, <laughs> because when you say it really fast, we sound like M-S-N. <laughs> So it's amazonfoundation.com. And the reason I brought it up now, I mean, of course, we want everybody to go there and see what they can do to help. But um, there you. are so many pictures. You mentioned the um, the firefighters and talk about being in tears because you see these big burly men and they'll be holding a little kitten. They'll be walking out with a puppy with your, with your oxygen mask or they'll be on the ground and they all have these intense looks of how can we save them? How can we save them? And it's a little dog on the ground with your oxygen mask, Deborah Jo. I don't know what the the correct verbiage for this is, but you know, there's always that debate when you say the passing of my animal hit me so hard and that you were worse off than when your grandmother passed and people you know there's always that age old debate. You know, you can't be more sad that your dog died than you can your the human life. But yet from my unique experience, <laughs> firefighters are out there saving lives daily, you know, and I can't even imagine the things that they see, but I have them call and I can hear it, Megan, in their voices, you know, growing adults who work in probably just the most horrific situations. And then they're they're just so rattled or so emotional on the phone. You know, my favorite story is from a firefighter here in California who a department called me and the growing man was just beside himself, almost in tears on the phone. And that was just so hard to hear. But he kept saying, and he couldn't get it out. And I'm like, you know, take a breath. And he's like, hound. It was his comfort animal. It's what he grew up with. He had a basset hound as a child. So he had been in the department for 20 years and for two decades had been, you know, fighting and having issues with human life. And the day a basset hound suffered in a fire, it just broke him, you know. And so that connection with animals that we have is just almost indescribable, even though we've all tried to do it. You know, there's just something there that we can't put our finger on. That's just beautiful. It is. There's such an innocence of them and our domestic animals are completely dependent upon us. So I think that that does rest. They give us so much and make us so light and our spirits soar, but it still is a, it is a, a, a weight that we carry that we must, we must keep them happy as well. Yes. I, I am, you are so inspired by your animals as I am. And everybody, I want you to know right now, Deborah Jo lives with her rescued five gorgeous, large parrots, big, and they're so happy. A stray kitty cat, a mini pig, some chickens, a 200 pound tortoise. And of course I call her their queen, Emma Zen. Yes. <laughs> we want, we want to hear more about how we can make sure our, our city has oxygen masks and how we can be individually prepared and also all about your family that I just mentioned. We're going to do that right after this short break from our possum sponsors. Smiley, can you wait? Good boy. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. 
beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Everyone cheering, super smiling, this message of unconditional love. And we are back on a super smiley adventure with Deborah Jo Chiapuzio, president of the Amazon Foundation. So Deborah Jo, I read on your website that one of your mottos is, you can only work with what you have. Exactly. Yeah, I've evacuated with my dogs, horses cats during the Malibu firestorms. And and eventually in 2018, our neighborhood did burn to the ground. So this is very, very personal. Oh, to me. So, yeah. so Deborah Joe, how do we as individuals prepare for disasters? What, what should we do? We take baby steps. I think too many people just say, um, you know, we're going to get a kit, we're going to do A, B, C, D. And when you have too big of a, um, a goal, you just can set yourself up for failure. You know, so on Facebook, on Amazon Foundation, we talk about that all the time. You know, we're just like, okay, so if something were to happen to you, Megan, could uh, your neighbors, a friend, myself, could I come over to your house and feed your pet? Would I know where Smiley's dog food is? Would I know how much you feed Smiley? You know, and so sometimes emergency preparedness is different aspects than you might think of. And so we just try to add new layers all the time. And we talk about them on social media. So it's sort of like a free class. And we try to get people um, to just become a little bit more aware. And one of the things about doing any emergency preparedness is that, yes, it's there, but it changes your confidence. Ah, right. Now you walk out the door and you're like, Okay, less of a worry about my pet. Yes. So, Deborah Joe, I lived in Malibu and I loved it. It was indeed paradise, but I always, always, always had this underlying fear that a fire was going to come. And when fires come, they are fast. Literally, I remember one day the the police were going down the street with their big loudspeaker on saying, evacuate, evacuate right now. And that means when they're on the street doing that, that means right now. And we had vet records, photos. So can you talk a little bit about what we should have like in our little baggie, like a little baggie, what we can even have right there to run out the door? Oh, my goodness. That's such a loaded question. And it's one of the reasons that we talk about layers uh, yes, when, yes. We, when we talk about what we can do for pet emergency. One of the best things for people to do, you want to be more prepared for your pet, put a pair of old shoes by your bedside. Mm-hmm. If there is an earthquake or a fire, you're going to be more prepared to go and grab your animals than you are to see me tromping barefooted through the backyard in all the rocks to try to pick up a 150 pound mini pig, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's so many steps that you can do on Facebook at MSN Foundation. We talk a lot about that for free. Just some information that we throw out there, things, layers that we like to add to help keep us a little safe. And when you were talking about the pet first aid kit or a little bag, you especially know my motto, you know, you can only work with what you have. There you go. So emergency preparedness is an action, folks. We've got to do a little something so that we have that there. And what that is can be different for many people. For you and I, it is fires. 
if you're like myself and you have all these five big birds, do I have five separate traveling cages in case I need to put them in the car and take off? You know, especially out here in California, we have centers that they say that we can go to if we have fires, but they're not going to allow my birds in if I don't have them individually crated. Ah. You know, so maybe it can start as something as simple as that. Right. Learn the the rules or restrictions in your area. and Correct. Um, we can do that. I guess first you can just simply reach out to the fire department. And another idea is to um, know where the pet friendly hotels are in your area, Correct. just right outside your area. There are many things like that. And also it was really, really common in California, but I don't see it here. I'm in North Carolina right now at all for everybody had a sticker in their window that said there are two dogs in here. Can you talk Correct. about that a little bit? Yes. And we have some of those available and there's a lot of places that offer you those stickers, sometimes even your vet's office, but everybody puts them on the front door. If you happen to find a alert sticker for your dogs and cats inside the house, put them one on your, take a couple, put one on your front door and one on your back because there's nothing saying the firefighters are coming in the front door. Absolutely. I remember in Malibu, I had them on like every single window. They're just a little sticker, three dogs and two cats, three dogs and two cats, yes. you know, uh, every sticker. Cause the, and like you said, the fire department, the firefighters, they love animals. They respect this. If there's no one in that house, they're going to go in and get those dogs if they're able to. They, yes. will, they will absolutely. Do yes. That. And we have seen that time and time again, which is, has just been wonderful to see. Yes. Yeah. And every place I've lived, the local firefighters, they love interacting with the public. I remember in Malibu, they were literally our heroes. They would walk into Starbucks, even if there wasn't a fire, a bunch of them would walk in for their lunch break. People would stand up and clap. Oh we gosh, that love. would be wonderful to oh, see. We just, we're like, they were literally, thank you, thank you, thank you. So how can we as citizens, help stock up, help, help our city stock up on pet oxygen masks. So there's a couple of uh, two parts I see to this. Number one, if you are interested in helping the Amazon Foundation, please visit our website. We have a link called In Your Town, and it tells you step by step by step. And some people have a brother or a sister or a cousin who's a firefighter. Don't go to them. We want to talk to the chief, the assistant, the PIO. That's listed on the site. And it tells you what to ask because sometimes you might call and say, do you have pet oxygen masks? And they say, yes, we have two. Don't hang up. They just might have those two in their squad cars. And we want to establish one on every frontline truck. So one kit goes to one truck. But if that fire station has 10 trucks and 10 fire stations, we need 100 pet oxygen mask kits for that city. So every city is, is completely different. It's step-by-step how to do it. But talking to the fact that you said all the firefighters in the coffee shop and the people applauding, one of the greatest things that you can do, and you can take advantage while you're there and ask them about the pet oxygen masks, is firehouses hold open house. Take your dog to those open house. Number one, you're getting involved in your community. Number two, your animal is seeing people who are in uniform. Because a lot of people have a big time with, if I have a heart attack or a stroke and I'm sitting there with my dog and I call 911, the fire department's busting through my door. I want my animal to be familiar with, with what that truck looks like and the sounds and the people, you know? And so go to those events. Uh, your animal's getting used to the people in the uniform. You get to ask them about pet oxygen masks. You get involved with your community. It's just like win, win, win. 
I love that, Deborah Jo. And you brought up a really fantastic point, simply getting your dog used to firefighters in their entire uniform because they ah. literally look like aliens. First of all, they're usually very large, muscular people. They got on the hats, the helmets. The dogs can't see the faces. The dogs don't know what they are. Smiley also worked for years as a crisis response dog with the Correct. Hope Organization. And one of the things that we did as our training and as our certification is the dogs had to go as a group and interact with firefighters. But I yes. was thinking that was for these highly trained dogs. But no, all dogs should be used to this. That is a fabulous point, Deborah Joe. Thank you. Yeah, it's, a, it's been wonderful. You know, um, Emma Zen had, goes to the fire departments all the time. A truck st- <laughs> she, is, she is just so aware of the vast of life. Uh, we stopped by our vet's office just to get biscuits because I don't want her thinking the vet's office is right. only bad. You know, we grab a free biscuit and go on our way. Absolutely. Uh, these are such great, great ideas that we all can do with our dogs. And as I mentioned, Deborah Joe, your beautiful rescue animals, your family and oh. everybody. I'm also a yoga teacher. And Deborah Joe took one of my Zoom classes because during the pandemic, I'm offering so all these fun. fun Zoom classes. And over Zoom, she gave me a tour of everyone. And I love that she would say of all of her people, she'd say, now in here, we have five people. And she'd talk to them. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so I want you all. I have to tell you the best part, you know, um, Emma Zen is 13 years old. Yeah. We are a 10 year old nonprofit who made it through the restrictions of COVID. So wow. we're, we've really got our paw on the ground. And one of the best things that happened was being in People Magazine, only because I got to put the magazine next to my dog and finally, after all these years, say, you know, I knew I wasn't people. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. That is so funny. And then we want to hear all about every one of them right after this break. Smiley, can you wait? Good boy. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Everyone's here is super smiling. This we are back on a super smiley adventure with Deborah Joe Chiapuzio, the president of the Amazon Foundation, providing pet oxygen masks throughout the United States. So, Deborah Joe, we want to hear all about your. I'm putting little finger quotes of your people, your pets. My so, people. So, yes. Yeah, so tell us. <laughs> well, first of all, I met Amazon at the events, and thank you for dancing the super smiley flash mob because I think that was the very, very, very first one. First one. And you helped it just take off across the entire United. States. So that was so fun. 
and it was, it was, it, it was really, really, really fun. I, I hope we get to do some more sometimes after the pandemic. You never know, but we maybe we'll, we'll do some. But back to you, Emerson, tell us about everybody. Tell us about the beautiful, beautiful birds. They're, they're gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Oh, my father had birds. So um, essentially, I was raised in a barn. I was raised in La Habra Heights. It's a very rural area here in Southern California. We, too, had a lot of the worries of the fires and had to live around those concerns as you did when you were out here. And I think that's where I kind of got my foot in the be prepared mode, whether it was for ourselves or our animals, um, was really my father. Um, he was uh, very aware of uh, everything that he thought we needed to be able to continue on. And so that was great. So the biggest one here is a hyacinth macaw for children. That's blue on the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> she is probably about three feet big. And her original owners were um, looking to rehome them because of health conditions that they had. And so everybody kind of came to us for different reasons. Dave is the only boy in the family in the bird world. He is a green winged and he's probably about two and a half feet tall. And then we have two cockatoos. One is considered a Moluccan and they have that big peachy umbrella head. Yes. And the other one is Pita, who we also like to call our nut. <laughs> I remember pizza because you kept talking about the nut. I remember. Uh, yes, my nut is pita. And then we have little Sadie <laughs> Mae. And it's really funny because we get you, we got them here for all different reasons. And they're just beautiful. And they're like potato chips. I'm telling you, I can't have just one. They're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're so sociable, oh, right? And sensitive. Yeah, they are a lot of work. You have to have a lot of time to spend with, with them. If you are working, it's not a good animal for you. They have a longevity of life. And everybody here, another one of our layers that we had in, have added in is everybody here has, has already got a home if something happens to me. I have an emergency plan for where my animals go. And that's really smart. That's probably one of the biggest you know, you had asked earlier, give me something that uh, we can really share. So I made up my own term, pet advocacy person, find a pet advocacy person. So who that is, is just if I were to simply ask, who is it and don't answer, but who is it that always answers their phone when you call? Whatever your answer is, that is your pet advocacy person. Go to him or her and say, you know, if there is an emergency, will you do my footwork? And they don't have to live near you and they don't have to come to your house. And it's as simple as, Megan, will you be my pet advocacy person? Yes, I will. Okay, I send you an email. Here are my five birds. Here are their name. And they go to this bird sanctuary. Here is my pig. Here is my girlfriend's address. Here's a transportation number to get that pig there. Here's my neighbor who can feed my animals until that happens. So just that simple email, which is something that, you know, your next step might be making it a little more detailed. And, you know, then you do another step and another step. And then you're like me and it's in your will. <laughs> yes, that is such beautiful and yes. simple Simple advice. I love so that. We got we got a little off key, but yeah, that's the, no, the bird no, room. That's really, that, because that is the theme. Yeah. People always say, oh, I wish I had a bird that spoke. Everybody wants a bird that speaks, you know, 
And um, I do have a little conure. It's like an inch and a half tall. It doesn't say a word. And it's the most beautiful <laughs> bird in the whole house. Aww. So, you know, you don't always want the bird that speaks. But you yeah. really, really need to be careful what you ask for. Because everybody in this house talks. <laughs> that is so, so, so cute. But I wanted to ask next about the 200-pound tortoise. Now, does he, he doesn't talk. Does he talk? What does he say? He has his own language, and it's called I'll go where I want to go. <laughs> He's big, right? And di don't you, d before the pandemic, were, and I could be wrong, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but weren't you using him to for children education to have kids yes, come over I and was. visit? Tell us about yes. that. Yeah. So I live right across from a school. I actually live in Anaheim, California, and it's very important, regardless of where you live, to make sure your animals are legal. Because I don't want to bring somebody in, fall in love and have that animal or person ripped from me, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're right across from a school and I kind of became like a little educational center here. You could come, you could see these animals, you could interact. You know, a lot of um, people in the areas out here, the lower incomes don't even have dogs and cats. Yeah. You know, so to be able to come and see a dog or cat is incredible. And there's a, an incredible amount of people that didn't know um, what the turtle or the pig even was. You know, sometimes when children really? see something, yes, I was so surprised. But when you oh see something God. in a picture or a quote unquote cartoon character, Why? it's just not the same in real life. Mm -hmm. And so we would have small groups come over. We got registered with the Anaheim School District for a while and we would have them come over and, and we would show them how they had to feed something. But we always made them do something that was just a little difficult, you know, yeah. like, yeah. can you get that? tortoise to this side of the fence and watch them struggle <laughs> for 20 minutes and, uh, <laughs> that's so cute that's very, I, very i think cute. all their parents appreciated that i think everybody should grow up and volunteer instead of get their own animals when they're that small oh right that's a that's <laughs> a really good point and and i know we were just talking about using them as teachers for the kids and smiley you know, teaches children um, values and things through pets. But what have you learned, Deborah Joe? What have your animals taught you personally? Wow. I was recently asked a very similar question. And I came to a very childlike conclusion. When somebody gives you comfort food, whatever it is, you know, you want a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup because you've had a cold, what is comfort food? Comfort food is something that regardless of how it tastes, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy. It reminds you of time when you were young, when you were safe, you know, that's that, that kind of feeling around comfort food. And like I said, I was really raised in a barn. I went to a private school. There were only seven of us in a class and I showed horses professionally for years. So we would take tutor with us when, you know, when we were gone. And so that was my comfort. That was my happiness. That's yeah. when I was young and safe and adulted. I, I got really good jobs and very good businesses and a marriage and the house and everything that you're supposed to do. And in the past 10 years, I've come back to my comfort zone. You know, I, I'm with my dog and then my cat and my birds and my turtles. And I literally spend my time looking at them, walking them. I don't feel like, yes, there's a lot to do with this foundation, but I don't feel like I'm living my life and having a dog in tow or any other person in tow. I feel like I'm going on their adventure. And that has just 
tenfold made my life so living in the comfort zone at this point. It's just, it's a beautiful ride to go back in time. And you know, what's interesting, um, Deborah Jo, first of all, you know, I share every single thing you just said, because I've yes. come home with my horses and the dogs and the kitty cats and whatever it is, the tortoise, little pigs. But what you were just describing being, you know, having the house and your big jobs and all those things, but then coming back to this and being in the flow with the animals, that's very Zen, like Emma Zen, what you are describing and me being a yoga teacher. You just described Zen with animals. I <laughs> love this. Perfect. Perfect full circle. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, I have this for you um, that I can uh, announce and tell you. What? So at the beginning of our interview, you were singing our accolade, my accolades over here. See, I still say R. I'm so inclusive. Um, <laughs> you were singing accolades over here, and we just got our first international award. Oh, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. So the Supreme Master uh, Chang Hai has uh, given myself an award for world compassion for the work that I have done with the Emma Zen Foundation. And I have just been beside myself because she is just such a representative of all things Zen. <laughs> wow, Deborah Joe, congratulations. This is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I, I am just speechless. Congratulations. I'm, I'm you. seeing you getting a Nobel Prize one day. I mean, this <laughs> is just, I am so happy to, to, to be your friend and to be with you on this yes. grand, grand adventure on one level or another. It is congratulations and you deserve it. Yeah. I mean, Thank you. Thank you. It, it was, it was a very personal, it was a very personal acceptance of that award. So yes. it just, it taught, it touched not only my daily life and the foundation, but my beliefs. Yes. Well, Deborah Joe, this is just an outpouring of your spirit. This is to me as a sign when someone is truly on their right life path. And I think, Correct. I think we can say, that you, I, you sort of are there. You sort of I are. I think we there. can say I found my path. I did do yeah. that. That is a wonderful <laughs> feeling. I found my path. And it, it, you know, it's so funny. We spend so much of our time trying to figure out who we are, what do we need to do? You know, me, 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 me. And my path is how can I help your animal? Yeah. And that goes back to the animals as, as I call them. I describe them as teachers and healers because they literally have led both of us down a very, when I say high path, I don't mean, like you said, the big houses and all of that, that both of us have had that, but they lead us on the spiritual high path. Is spiritual what high path. Spiritually yes. high path, which is. And you know, it's interesting. I have spoken with some people that say, you know, how do you get there? And I think the best part of it is, is I wasn't trying. And so yeah. that's your answer. It's you know, you don't, here's this wonderful spiritual high path and I want to help and I want to do A, B, C, and D. And all you need to do is, you know, what's inside you, just the right thing. Be inclusive with your people. Of course, they all have <laughs> feathers and fur, but they're my people. <laughs> I love that. So Deborah Joe, how can we help? Say your website again and your, your Facebook so everybody can go because everybody, please go see Deborah Joe and support everything. It's so wonderful. So we have ebb and flows. Sometimes we're just raising money and sometimes we are just delivering the oxygen masks out. So come join us and see what part of our tide we're on. Um, it's Emma Zen Foundation, which is where you can go to learn how you can help under In Your Hometown 
or you can, you know, become a part of helping out and do donate right there. But follow us on Facebook at Emma Zen Foundation. You will see everything from whether we're fundraising, whether we're delivering, whether we're handing out some free pet emergency and pet first aid tips. Um, it's all just all about another step we can do. And uh, the more that join, the bigger we get, the more pets that get saved. So that's one of the lessons that I've learned. You, there's an old proverb, Megan, that I don't know if you've heard. I love it. It's an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. Okay, that was my first 30 years of life. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. And since Emma Zen has come along, I learned the second half. If you want to go far, go together. Join like us that. on Facebook at Emma Zen Foundation. I love that. I have chills. If you want to go far, go together. Aha, Deborah Joe, thank you so much for being on our show. And thank you for all that you do for the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, give Smiley my smile. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and give Emma Zen and all your, give all your people a big, big hug and big kiss from, Will do. from Will Smiley do. and me. From Smiley and me. And all of you can reach out to me too here at Pet Life Radio. I'm Megan Blake, the Pet Lifestyle Coach. And you can meet with me live every Sunday at 4.30. I teach a free group dog training class on Zoom. I started this project as a public service during the pandemic. And we've been a few times, we've been covered by Spectrum News. And it's working really, really well for all the pandemic puppies and for all who join me. You can email me for the Zoom link and you can find everything I'm doing, all my dog training, videos, social media. It's all on my website at MeganBlakeOfficial.com or at WeBeginNow.com. And thank you again, Deborah Joe Chapuzio and the Amazon Foundation. Thank you, thank you. Thank you to our awesome producer, Mark Winter, and for our fabulous bumper music that he composed and is performing for us. And to everybody who loves their pets, thank you all for joining a super smiley adventure. And remember, wherever you are with your pets, we begin now. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.